Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 4 of the uh, Marketing Matters Podcast. And as usual, I'm sat here with David Wright, my fellow podcaster. So hi, David. Hi there. And we're sat, as usual, at Glossop Gasworks in a reassuringly dry day, given the uh, amount of rain we've had over the last few days. Even being on the third floor, I was starting to get a bit worried that I might get my feet wet. But things seem to have uh, calmed down a little. It's actually quite a nice day today. Yeah, but autumn is definitely coming. I think autumn is definitely here. I walked home in the dark for the first time yesterday, which, which is never, a, I never enjoy that. So yes, I guess that's it for the next, I'll be doing that for the next six, certainly four or five months. So roll on the spring is all I can say. Um, But anyway, what we're here to talk about today is in the next on our series of e-business is the website experience. We talked last time about how to get people to your site and that seems to be the thing that lots of people focus on. They, you know, the number of people I'm sure you've heard us say before, who their first question to us is, "How can I get to the top of Google?" And this focus on and getting people to your site seems to be the number one priority. But actually, what happens when they get to your site is equally as important because if you don't deliver once they get there, then getting them there is a completely pointless operation. And I, and I think, you know, I know when I suggested David's writing today, this week's article, and when I told him the subject, I thought, he'll like this one because this is his favourite subject. So, yeah. Well, I think, I th- I think in, in, you know, every week that goes by, there are more websites rather than fewer websites. And the more websites there are, the more competitive it gets. And I think maybe back in the day when it was easier to, it almost didn't matter what you said on your website because you were the only one out there. And so if people found it, they would be more relaxed about having to work a bit to get where they wanted to go. But but these days, there are just more and more people who are there in competition. And so if your website isn't easy for people to find what they're looking for, then they're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we should go with the top tips idea and just think about some of the, the sort of key things you should think about. What are, you know, we, we've got a little bit of experience in developing websites. So what are the, the sort of the key things that you should be making sure are, are there or are in place when people get to your website? And to give you time to think, I'll give you my first one. And that is, I think, it's important that there is a strong connection between the message that you use to get them to your site and the message on your website. So if someone clicks through to your website with a particular call to action saying you're going to solve a particular problem for them, when they get to your website, it has to immediately continue that message and give them more information about how you're going to solve that problem for them. Because the idea of getting them through just with any message that will get them to click to your website and then not think about what actually they get when they get there is one of the mistakes that you can make. And I think that's a big one. You need to make sure the story is consistent. Yeah, I think you've got to think about it in terms of people search the web because they want something, whether mm. they, they want entertaining or they want information or they want to buy a particular product or they they have a requirement, they, they mm. have an objective. And you've got to think of the way that you can most effectively help them 
achieve their objective. And so that means that you have to have a, I mean, we use the, we use the phrase a lot, but you have to have a joined up approach that you, whatever, as you're saying, Duncan, whatever messages you use in your, whether it's in your search marketing or your pay-per-click or your social media or whatever it might be, that the messages that you, you put out there, they have got to, to link up and be consistent with the experience that people get when they come to the website. I think, I think that's that's the first thing that it see it as a, a journey that they're on yeah. and you're supporting them on that journey and the second thing is I think you, it's got to be it's got to be very clear and very simple and remember that just because you know and understand something doesn't mean that everybody else will and, and different people think in different ways and work in different ways and the approach that I take, which is something I, it's a, it's a, I, guess, I suppose it's a, a skill I've developed over a number of years, is to look to put myself in the shoes of my site visitor and almost deliberately try and think differently to how I think I would think, or sort of think how, okay, I'm thinking that you go from A to B to C, but are there other ways that people could come here? Is there any other way they might view what I'm presenting to them differently to how I'm looking at it? So to try and think of all the different ways you could possibly interpret what you're seeing. And is there a, whichever way you're looking at it, is there a simple approach? And probably a, a good example of that is that it's well known that some people are more literal and, and perhaps look at words and text and what have you, and other people are more focused on imagery. And so the idea of having routes to show what you're offering in your website that cover both words and images mm. may be different, you know, a, a text-based link and an image-based link that may both go to the same page, to the yeah. same spot. That's absolutely fine. But recognize that different people will work in, in different ways. Yeah. And I think the other thing that, so if that's number two, number three, I would say, maybe it's a bit of an ex extension to that, is... And it may seem obvious, but it's amazing how often people don't do it, is make sure it clearly states what you actually do when people get to your website. What, what is it you're offering? You know, what is your proposition? It should hit them clearly in the face exactly what it is that you, you do and what, what you're offering. And it, as I say, it, it seems to be surprising to me how often that is that people don't do that. And you look at their website and it says, yeah, it's all very interesting, but what do they actually do? Yeah. I think that, that, I mean, that reminds me of a, a conversation I had a long, long time ago. Uh, I think it was it last week. We, we, we were talking about Yellow Pages mm. and somebody who, who wrote Yellow Pages adverts for, for their customers. And uh, he said that so often people made the mistake of in their advert, the, the big text at the top was the company name. Yeah which might not mean anything to anybody, whereas the big text at the top should be saying, this is what I do. Yeah. Because that's what pe people aren't normally looking for you by name. They're looking for what you can offer them. And I think, yeah, what you just said is, is exactly the same, that the most important thing is when somebody comes to your website, I said before that they have a requirement, can they immediately see that the website they've arrived at is going to help them achieve their requirement. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the next one I, I would say is, is around calls to action and making it easy for people to do what it is you want them to do on their website. So if it is a, an e-commerce site, for example, uh, make sure that it's easy for them to find the products they're looking for, but also that the checkout process is easy, that it's clear. One of the big things that bugs me about e-commerce sites is delivery charges and the fact that they're not clear. You know, if you're giving free, free delivery 
great. But if you're not, make sure it's clear that what your delivery charges are, because the idea that you're that you don't find it out until the last part of the checkout process can be really frustrating because it can make a significant difference to the the buying decision. So make sure everything is clear and easy. And things like you know make it easy for people to put their addresses in by using autocomplete facilities on, so people can start typing their address and it will find find their address or their postcode or whatever, so they don't have to type in the whole thing. And even saving credit card details so they can uh, purchase again. There, obviously, you've got to be very careful that you're not storing them on your server because you don't want the security implications of that. But most uh, credit card systems now will have the facility to st- for, for customers to store their credit card details on the, the provider server, which is secure and meets all the requirements and takes all of the security implications off your back. So just create those systems to make it as easy as possible for people to buy off you. I think, you know, yeah. and, and say, particularly if it's an e-commerce, but if it's not e-commerce, you still want to make it easy for them to get in touch with you. Yeah, I, I think you can. I, I talked about the idea of putting yourself in the shoes of your your customer, your site visitor. I think you can extend that idea by thinking about what you want to do is to kind of take them by the hand and guide mm. them through the journey, recognizing that it might not be the journey that you first think of. As I say, the websites are not necessarily linear; that you can there can be different ways of getting to different pages, and that's absolutely fine as long as the overall process is is joined up and people don't find themselves at a a dead end so Mm. uh, and I think there's an interesting point there about how much information you should put on a website because I think it's a balance you need to put enough to keep their interest but actually you don't want to give them too much information that they don't need to get in touch with you and you sort of bamboozle them with the amount of information and, and content on there it can actually be counterproductive so it is this balance between giving them enough information to demonstrate you know what you're talking about and to make them make the decision are you going to be able to help them but not so much that actually it takes them a long time before they have to get in touch with you so that is that is I think a balance and a a decision that only you as the the business owner and knowing your customers can make but don't think you've got to tell them everything and put all the information onto your site and I think taking that idea further that was uh, it's not so much an issue nowadays but there was a time when website building was charged by the pay and so there was a an argument You're going back you, a bit there well <laughs> yeah I know, but but it's the principle of that you put everything on one page yeah. but the problem is that 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 can overwhelm people and they, they just can't find what they're looking for because yeah. there's just too much in one place whereas if you spread information out over a number of pages and and have a good navigation process between those mm. pages it can be a much smoother journey and an easier journey for people to take and I think again that there have been people who say oh you've got to minimize the number of clicks that somebody's got to take before they get where they want to go and I think I would would qualify that by saying you've got to minimize the number of unjustified clicks Mm. but if having three or four clicks rather than one or two makes the journey much a a simpler path to follow then I think that having a few more clicks is obviously as long as your website is responds quickly and, and effectively is is not a bad thing because people are then going on the journey to the end result that they're looking for yeah and i think we can't really have a, a podcast about website content without at least mentioning the issue of responsiveness i think this is the idea that a website will look good and be appropriate for any screen size and i think nowadays it's almost a given that that should be the case but you should very much be aware and you can see this on analytics where your visitors are coming from and are they using it on 
desktop or are they using it on small phone screens and make sure that the the site is appropriate for and the layout and the content is appropriate for whichever screen most of your customers are using but it should work effectively on, on I, any I, screen. I think so but it equally even with a lot of the site builder systems mm. that are out there it's not a case that you just design it once and forget about no, it. No. You you need to design it and look at how it presents on Absolutely. different size screens and it it should be easy to adjust it yeah. on particular screen sizes so so that you can change it how it looks on a on a mobile screen maybe which doesn't affect how it looks on a desktop yeah. screen yeah. Yeah. but but you do need to go through the process of saying right I've designed my full website desktop I now need to look at it on a mobile screen and adjust it accordingly make sure it works well on a mobile screen yeah. and obviously on a tablet screen and the portrait and landscape versions of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, always... there's so many different... Yeah, uh... and uh, yeah, it is, yes, absolutely, there's so many. And also to think about if mo- maybe if most of your visitors are on mobile, which in, in many cases that is the case now, start with the mobile and design it first for a mobile and then say, okay, how do these things work on a big screen and sort of do it from the other direction? Because that actually, which way you're going for it can sort of impact some of the initial design choices about how you... It can, but I think as a general rule, on a desktop screen, you have a lot more Mm. space, so you tend to need more content. Mm. And so it's the balance between you don't want content just to fill space up, but equally, you've got to have a website and the the content has got to be... Mm. It's got to be engaging. But it's got to be engaging, but sufficient on a very small screen, but look right on a on a larger screen as well so you you've you've just got to you've got to look across the board and particularly on small screen i mean i remember one of my favorite quotes is i can't remember which literary person it was who said i apologize for writing you such a long letter i didn't have time to write a short one and i think it's true when you get to small screens actually pulling the content down to a level that is get you've got to get your point across very quickly and you can't afford to on a big screen you can afford to be more verbose i think you have to be exceptionally concise when you're when you're designing it for for small screens so all of these sort of things have to be considered and that you know i i I, when i started talking about this i said oh we should we should mention this and actually we've now sort of been talking about it for a couple of minutes and i think it is it is an important thing but it's probably the subject of a different podcast from now you know we don't want to talk about the, the ins and outs of responsive design here but it is something that definitely you need to think about so just i mean i think just as we finish i think we should talk about the fi- the final thing is ultimately the purpose of a, one of the key purposes of website is to get people to get in touch with you and to create that interface to well, it's, it's to progress a business relationship yeah i was going to say from from people who don't know you to people who do know you so i mean if you talk about the way of when you're communicating with people there are other people who you don't know which is actually quite difficult to communicate with and you've got to use things like social media and the more arm's length ones but once you actually know who they are you've got their email address you've got their details that then gives you you've started to ha- you've started to have a relationship with them and so that gives you a, a lot more sort of scope in terms of how you can communicate with them in a much more personal way and that that's a subject we're going to start talking about next week but i think or next time but i think the important thing is to make sure that when people are coming to your website for the first time who don't know you then the incentive to actually give you their details 
is significant and that should be a, a significant priority to move them from somebody who you don't know and have knowing no sort of direct engagement with to somebody who you do know who you have the contact details to be able to engage with them directly and i think that needs so that sort of mechanism for whether it be signing up for an, e- an email newsletter or uh, an inquiry form or whatever something that actually gets them to tell you who they are is important Yes, I, I think that that's right. And and I would just finish on a point about we haven't really, we, we've talked about content, but not really talked in any great extent about design. And there are some people who would say you can, there's always a better design for a website. But I think it's, you've also got to remember that people are viewing websites all the time these days, many people, and people do tend to be quite consistent in the way they look at websites and Mm. there are lots of uh, there's lots of information online about how people view websites but when it comes to your website design uh, just a word of caution is be very careful about if you are too wacky Mm. that it might be super duper design but whether it's actually going to be off-putting to people because they don't get it they that they Mm. they want to see a menu or of some description and there's just nothing that looks like a menu Mm. and it can be off-putting for people that unless you're in a very sort of extreme business that uh, where that sort of thing is expected but for most people a little bit of familiarity is is likely to be beneficial yeah and just you know make sure it is very easy to and give people some people like filling in forms some people like sending emails some people like picking up the phone so make sure that all of those options are clearly available to people and that it's not to give people options if they just want to sort of make that first touch which is why newsletters are great the idea of being people being able to sign up for a, a newsletter they're not initiating an immediate phone call to discuss in-depth requirements but they are taking that next step of engaging with you in a very sort of low impact way so I think you know email signups or uh, subscriptions to social media or anything like that is is a good way of doing that so I think as I say next time we'll we'll start talking about okay once you've got engaged with people and you've got their details how can you start to build the relationship because not everybody starts that relationship with an order so yeah so next time we'll we'll talk about that but I think for now I think we've it's a little bit longer than normal this so I think it's time to to wrap up so um, unless you've got anything more you want to add David just, I'll just a quick one on website chat that right. There are lots of facilities for, you know, starting a chat, which sounds great. And it is great as long as you're going to be there to respond, because mm. there is nothing worse than offering a chat facility. And all you get is, I'm sorry, we're not here right now. Please send us an email and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Yes, if you, that, absolutely. I agree. And that's that sort of goes back to the thing about not promising things that you you can't deliver. If people click on a chat, they expect to be able to talk to somebody, not just have to send an email and again there you've got the issue you've got the question of bots as well but I think that's a that's another we won't go there because that's a that's another half hour discussion so I think we we shall leave it there for this this time and as usual if you want to find out more or get any more of our our pearls of wisdom you will find our blog posts including David's post on this subject on our website which is bsamarketing.com you will find all our previous podcasts on podcast.bsamarketing.com and you will find us on social media particularly linkedin and twitter at bsamarketing.com oh no sorry at bsamarketing i got the dot coms uh, going a bit wild there uh, so yes linkedin and twitter at bsamarketing so until next next time we will leave it there and just wish you happy marketing bye for now bye.